they will go wrong. Um, I have a couple of uh, files uh, which I want to show, but one of them I only have in the keynote, so we are now sending it, and then I hope to get it in PowerPoint back. So I changed the order a bit of what we uh, would like to do. Um, I wanted to tell first something about the XM, but I'll do that a little bit later if uh, I get the PowerPoint uh, file back. Um, I wanted to tell something about uh, uh, security-related master assignments that we have at least, and we want to uh, discuss the uh, uh, answers to the homework exercises. So um, I'll now start with what I originally wanted to do as the second thing, that is tell a little bit more about security-related master assignments in DUCS. I've had a couple of people last time asking for what are the possibilities, and I think it might be interesting for you um, to, to know a little bit what we're doing. Um, what I noticed also, you have uh, many people who know the DS group, uh, who is a distributed and embedded security group. Um, they know the DUX group is a networking group, which is basically correct. However, the DUX group is also doing a network-related security, and the DS group is doing, say, cryptography and these kind of things, and all kind of other security things. So for networking-related stuff, it is uh, DUX. Um, this was a picture that was also shown at the very first uh, uh, lecture, where we basically tell what we're doing at uh, DAX. I'll very shortly go through it. We have uh, three uh, main areas. We look at the wired networks, which is the internet. We look at wireless networks and networks within embedded systems. And we look at, say, uh, model development, which is the more theoretical thing, system design, which is the design of new protocols. And we look at operational and if you look at network security, you find it primarily here in this area because, of course, network security is primarily an operational problem. If you go to the Internet and you ask network managers, what kind of problems do you have, then probably the very first problem is security. And, um, yeah. So we have quite some things here, but also a little bit there. And I'll give you some examples, but before I do that, just to give you an indi indication, about the number of people we have in DUCS working in this area, it's a bit hard to count because people do multiple things. But I counted more or less eight persons within only the DUCS group who work at intrusion detection, uh, say, on the internet. Um, some of them are PhD students, uh, some of them are postdocs, some of them are staff members. So that's a bit the size of the thing. Uh, if we do master assignment in the DUX group, we have a strategy nowadays that master students work together with PhD students. So it's not that you do something in isolation and you sit there in a lab and um, we talk once every three weeks, but you sit at the same room, you drink coffee, you discuss all kind of informal things with PhD students, and in that way you have a much better view of the research that you do. Um, I have here some topics, but before I say that, um, it's maybe good to um, tell that we don't have very precise descriptions of master assignments. This is what you have to do, and like a cookbook, that, 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 and that. That's not how it works. How it usually works is you're somehow interested in something, then you should make an appointment with people to talk about it. Then you say, okay, this is an interesting rough topic, then you start. And for master assignments, I usually tell them, well, there are two weeks, the first two weeks, in which you talk a lot with people, and then we define at the end of the two weeks what it is exactly that you will be doing. Master, precise description of what you do, we develop it together with you. 
Um, there are three rough topics uh, which I would like to focus a little bit more on the next slides. One is uh, bad neighborhoods on the internet. Uh, the other one is security SCADA networks and then flow analysis to detect intrusions. These are three topics. I could have given some others as well. So first, bad neighborhoods. Um, Someone called it once the Ellen Vogelaarwijken of the internet. I really like that term. Uh, there are some neighborhoods where you better not go if it's dark and um, uh, if you're not uh, in the company of some very strong people. Um, so we know bad neighborhoods in cities. But why wouldn't they exist on the internet? If you think of the internet, you can easily imagine that on the internet you'll have networks where you have very good network managers who protect their part of the network very well. And you'll have places on the internet where, yeah, you have uh, no network managers or very bad network managers who don't care about it. And um, like real life, uh, we expect that also on the internet you'll find some, some areas where it is okay and some areas where it's not okay. If you talk about areas, you can define them in multiple ways. You can look at, say, geographical areas. So at a certain moment, ah, you got it. Nice. At a certain moment, you got, um, um, or you can, uh, geographical areas. You can see uh, it comes from um, Russia. Uh, there's places in Russia where it's known that there are many hackers doing all kinds of things. So if something comes from there, hmm, be extra alert. Um, so first thing that we investigate, do they exist? And the next thing, of course, if they exist, how can you ex exploit that knowledge? And one way to exploit is, uh, for example, include spam filters. So you have just one additional measure. If an email comes from this area, it's most likely okay. If it comes from another area, it's most likely uh, a spam message. Um, well, how then can you detect them? And there, there are many possible one way is to look at mail log files and analyze them. Just check where is my spam coming from. Problem is that you don't get too many mail files. Now we collect some from the university, uh, but I cannot get, uh, say, from KPMG their mail files. They don't give them. Uh, another way is that you can uh, create uh, telescopes or honeypot where you try to collect as much malware as possible. And, um, well, we have a company just opposite of the university, Quarantainnet, uh, development of uh, honeypots. You have um, um, all kind of research projects where they create these kind of things, and you can create uh, your own honeypots or telescopes all over the world and collect them, and then analyze the data that you get in these honeypots. There's also um, internet now, uh, yeah, which are called DNS blacklists. You have different kinds of them. And there you can just do a query if you have this IP address or this DNS address. Uh, is it from uh, yeah, a, a hacked system or is it from a non-hacked system? And, many as well. and what we also do in our group is we do a lot of flow analysis. So we capture flow data. Flow data is data which shares Communication started between this source IP address and this destination IP address. This port uh, started exactly this time. It took so long, 
so many bytes and so many packets have been exchanged. And if you analyze that, you can also find uh, malicious behavior. For example, uh, if, your, if a system is part of a botnet, you may expect that it sends, for example, 25 mail messages, SMTP messages, and no more than that. And it does that in a specific pattern. And you can then analyze these flows, and then you see, hey, this system has this behavior. It must be hacked by a botnet. Um, this is, or it must be part of a botnet. This system is also showing similar behavior. So um, by analyzing flows, you can also determine if systems are hacked and which neighborhoods are there. You can ask yourself, how do you get the flow data? Well, if you have good contacts with operators, and we have them at UT level, national level, and at European level, you can get flow data. Okay, so that's bad neighborhoods. That's one of the uh, topics that we do, which I like. The other thing is uh, security of SCADA networks. Um, who knows the term SCADA? Good. Um, I'm not sure if I know the abbreviation. It's something like uh, supervisory control and, I don't know, data acquisition. No, not, not distributed. Uh, anyway, these are networks that are used to control critical infrastructures. What are critical infrastructures? Nuclear power plants. It's a critical infrastructure. Yeah? Um, but also normal power plants is critical infrastructure. Or the gas system in the, yeah, in the Netherlands or, yeah, is a critical infrastructure. Or the water is a critical infrastructure. The moment that the water breaks, uh, um, so there's no water anymore, all lectures are canceled because you can't go to the toilet anymore and everything stops. It is amazing to see how, we, how, um, how much we depend on these kinds of, of infrastructure. Um, if you look at uh, a recent discussion on uh, SCADA networks, then uh, the Stuxnet is probably the best example of the last couple of weeks. Who has heard of this Stuxnet? I think if you do Kerkhoff, you have to know that. Anyway, Stuxnet, just in short, um, in uh, Iran, there are a couple of opwerkingsfabrieken, um, um, uh, nuclear hmm? yeah, enrichments uh, of, uh, say, uranium. Um, they have a couple of these uh, plants, and uh, they work only at, uh, say, uh, one-fifth of their capacity. Uh, it turned out that these uh, plants, uh, that the control system, or the SCADA system, uh, has a virus. The virus runs only on that specific kind of plants. It is uh, Siemens uh, computers that, uh, that, that are running there. Um, the assumption is that the uh, Secret Service of Israel is behind it. Uh, no one can prove it. It's um, a um, war, but also an economic wars then attacking the critical infrastructure countries is something that will get, something we'll have to live with in the next decade. So we, we look at these security of SCADA networks. Uh, we have a particular project that we work together with the water supply companies in the Netherlands. Uh, we do a couple of things there. We develop anomaly-based intrusion detection systems. Um, but we also develop an evaluation framework determine the effect of an attack. So assume you have a water plant. Uh, 
you see that your system has been attacked and there is something hacked, then you can ask yourself if this happens in the middle of the night, should I send my people to immediately try to or will the production process still have enough water to uh, yeah, have the next uh, 10 hours uh, supply for my city? And then you can analyze what would be the cost of this attack. So uh, here we, we look at the cost of yeah, infected systems for the primary process, uh, the production of water in this case. And of course, we also want to look at uh, automatic automated intrusion prevention systems. So that is uh, the second thing. The third thing I want to say something about is uh, flow analysis to detect intrusion. I already said something about that uh, two slides ago. Um, what we do is we collect flow data from uh, main national uh, European level. We are looking for, for anomalies in that. I thought I had a picture of that, yes. Uh, for example, if you look uh, in time series, so what is happening over time, this is time. And here you see, for example, the number of flows or the number of packets or the number of bytes. Uh, you can see already that, hey, at this moment there was something suspicious and uh, you can uh, further analyze that. So we did a lot of work on that kind of, uh, say, analysis. In fact, uh, Anna Spirotto defended her PhD thesis uh, eight days ago on this topic. Um, but what we also do is uh, look at time series, but also flow patterns. What happens if a system is infected? You probably see first an SSH scan, then you see a password cracking phase, then you see a phase uh, where there's some SSH communication. Within that phase, you see that there's activity to some other system to download some malware, and then after a while, you see some SMTP. Uh, spam uh, messages uh, being sent. Well, you can look for these patterns and um, in that way detect if systems are uh, uh, yeah, corrupted or not. Uh, the reason why we look at these flow patterns is that uh, you can do that at very high speed and uh, many people just look at the content of, of packets, which is you have a few megabits per second, but it's not working if you talk about gigabits per second or you want to find nationwide bottlenecks. Uh, we create models of attackers. We validate intrusion detection systems. You have many people who come up with yet another intrusion detection, uh, but um, they cannot really compare it because the data to compare it is usually lacking. There's only one data set, 10 years old, that um, they use to compare each other, but that data set is not useful anymore. So uh, we have been working on creating ground truths so you can compare these intrusion detection systems. We also have been working on optimizing intrusion detection systems uh, to um, yeah, either say I focus on uh, its uh, lowest possible false positives or as low as possible false negatives. So these are typical things that we that we do. If you are interested in these topics, you can contact someone of us. Um, once again, it's not that on the website we have a very precise description. That is what you can do. If you like these kind of topics, you just have to contact one of us. I have written here some names. Um, if you look more at, say, the water plant stuff, it is, uh, I guess, Anne Remke, 
uh, well, you know me, you know uh, Ramin, and Anna Esperato is the person who is also guiding the Honeypot assignment for the <coughs> Kirchhoff students. So that is what I wanted to tell about uh, assignments and ducks. Are there questions on this? If not, Seems to work. Okay. Um, the exam will be, I guess, exactly two weeks from now, November 5, uh, quarter to two till quarter past five, three and a half hours. Um, it will be an open book exam. That means you're allowed to take your book with you. You may take also the slides with you. And if you want to write anything on some piece of paper, just do it. So all paper stuff is allowed, even the newspaper. <laughs> what is not allowed are any electronic devices. So mobile phones, not allowed. Um, iPads, iPhones, uh, Blackberries, PCs, not allowed. Even a calculator nowadays, not sure how much calculators can be used to communicate, not allowed. And laptop, of course, also not allowed. So what we don't want is anything that you can use to communicate with someone else. Yeah? No, also if you do this and this, then I'll see that. Yeah. We're not completely blind. Um, what is the study material you have to, uh, to study? Uh, there are two books, the, the, the 3rd edition of the books of Stallings and the 4th edition. Who has the 3rd edition? You don't know? Who has this one? Who has this one? And who doesn't, any, who doesn't have anything at all? <laughs> then you may have a problem. Um, well, this is the one that we still um, had on the blackboard system uh, as the required version. Um, what do you have to study? Um, the entire book, except part one, cryptography. Separate course nowadays, so you don't have to do that. Chapter 4, Authentication Applications. Chapter 8, Network Management. The appendix has to Chapter 5 and Chapter 9, and also the appendix. You can skip them. That's quite a lot. Um, but there's some extra stuff that you have to read, uh, which can be downloaded from Blackboard. It's uh, text related to wireless LAN radios diameter. Three documents. They are on the Blackboard system. So they are part of the study material. 
What is also part of the study material are all slides. And basically, the material presented at the lectures. So if I did say something here and spend a lot of time on it, and it is not in the book, uh, and a good example of that for is uh, SSH. It's not in the book, SSH. But it is still something that I often ask at the exam. So study the, uh, yeah, the slides. And uh, if necessary, take a look at video lectures. We don't have all of them, but we have at least quite some. By the way, there was something wrong in the video lecture of last week. It should have been corrected now. If you have the fourth edition, you have to study this. By the way, these slides will be also on the Blackboard system, so you can read it. You can again skip the cryptography part, the distribution user authentication part. Um, but for example, chapter eight uh, on uh, security of network management is no longer included. By the way, there's an other that is discussing that. So would advise you to go there. Appendices you can skip. And also the online chapters and appendices, you don't have to do that. Uh, again, you have to do the papers, slides, and the material presented, video lectures. And just to give you an idea, what is the main difference between the third and the fourth edition? Well, new, you have chapter five, transport level security, which includes basically the web sec security stuff of the, fourth, the third edition in chapter seven. Word also secure shell, which was not included in the third edition, is in the fourth edition. And this was something we already had for a while. So. Uh, it's nice that this is now finally included in Stolling's book. And also, very nice, in Stolling's book we have chapter 6, wireless network security. So this may mean that next year we are not using all the, uh, all the yeah, we're not using all the files, but we'll still investigate that. Also, IP security has been rewritten, is clearer now, at least that's what I hope. I didn't hear in the uh, third edition. The firewall part. So, um, although officially the third edition is the is the official one announced a while back, next year we will switch to the fourth edition. Um, this is the slide that was also on teletop that was in the beginning. What is uh, the material that belongs to what chapter? This is for the third edition and for completeness, I also made something for the fourth edition, but you don't have to study this by hand. It will be on the Blackboard system. Then let's go to the exam. We'll have 10 questions. Um, that is different from the last years. Last years we had two kinds of exams, one for the Kerkhoff students and one for the non-Kerkhoff students. Now we have only one set of questions for all of you. Um, there are some example questions which I'll put on Blackboard. I don't think they are yet there, but I'll put them there, including some answers. So you idea what are the typical kind of questions you may expect. Uh, if you have 10 questions, the weight of each question will be equal. So every question you can get one point. Now the, uh, the mathematics. Uh, how is your final grade determined? And it is determined based on three things. It's the grade of the exam itself, it's the grade of the homework exercises, and it is the grade of the web hacking exercise that the, no, the non-Kerkhoff students has to have to do. If you want to calculate the final grade, 80% is based on the exam and the homework exercises, and 20% is based on the web hacking exercise. So this is 80%, it's four credits, 
and 20% is one credit. Um, and of these uh, 80%, you see that again, 80% of that is for the, the exam and 20% is for the homework exercises. So that is how your final grade will look like if you are a non-Kerkhoff student, if you're a Kerkhoff student. You don't have the web hacking exercise, but you have the honeypot assignment. This one counts more, because this is two credits. So basically, you see here one third, huh? two credits determines, is determined by this part, and two determined by the exam plus the homework exercise. And again, you have 80% is the exam and 20% is the homework exercises. Um, the non-Kerkhoff students will get the grades no longer than three weeks after the exam, but um, the uh, Kerkhoff students will get it much later because you still have to do this honeypot assignment, and the deadline is there somewhere uh, early January. I don't know exactly the date by hand. Um, so you will get your final grade in February 2011. However, we've learned in the past that sometimes students didn't know if they got a, a nice grade for the exam itself, and so they didn't know if they had to retry. And therefore, we will give the of the exam to each of you. We'll send it by email. Uh, so you know that you can do the retry in January or early February, I don't know. Um, Deadlines um, for the homework and web exercises. Deadline for the home, homework exercises is uh, one week after the, has always been one week after the lecture. There have been um, some students who did send it to me much later. Maybe in some cases I take them into account, maybe in some cases not. So the reason is I get so much email, I may, it takes a lot of time to, to check all these individual things. Um, there are, however, a few cases where I know that the Blackboard system has had problems. Once I did uh, uh, allow you to upload the answers later, so uh, then it is more than a week, but it is still this second uh, deadline. And also I heard from at least two people that there was a problem with logging in, logging in into Blackboard yesterday. So those people who did send it to me by email, uh, I will still take them into account. But, uh, if you submit something without anything else uh, four weeks after uh, uh, yeah, deadline, it might be that uh, it's not going to be taken into account. The Zoma hack exercise is uh, the deadline for that is November 19, so that's one week after the exam, uh, and uh, yeah, we should have received then the registration details. I got already many of them. I think this is what I wanted to explain here. Questions on the exam? Yes. Um, well, it's a good question because I didn't send anything back uh, as a kind of acknowledgement. I did receive many of these um, uh, web hacking um, things. Maybe it's good that I acknowledge them. So uh, I haven't done it yet, but let's agree that I will acknowledge everyone um, say um, before the exam on November uh, 5 and if you get it then if you don't see the acknowledgement send it then again yeah other questions 
yes, you're right. Because, uh, it, it's two week, uh, weeks after exam. Mistake here. Yeah, it is November 19. Yeah, uh, I need the registration details plus a short uh, report. Some people did ask me how much do I have to write down. Well, it should be sufficient for, for us to check if you really did the assignment yourself or not. So you should give, say, the rough idea behind how you solved it. I don't need, say, print out of pages and uh, very detailed descriptions. Yeah? Other questions? No, uh, I don't do that. Um, what you uh, will do is, however, if you come later and you ask, how did I get this uh, grade? Then I'll show you, well, you got uh, for the homework assignments, you got this, 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 and this. You got for exercise one, you got this, and blah, blah, blah. So you can get it, but we don't submit it uh, before the exam. Um, I don't know that as well. Um, I, maybe someone already f did find it. Someone found it? It was not on the rooster. But, uh, hmm? Yeah, we'll find it somewhere. And I'll put it on blackbo uh, blackboard. Other questions? No, I know. So... Then we go to the next part. I lost some time. I switch off the microphone here for the...